Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? For following what happened last week as America was with Damar Hamlin, you know that what happened on Monday night, there was a gap of time where we were not sure whether or not the game was going to be resumed between the Bills and the Bengals. Apparently, there was a lot more behind that. And Don Van Atta, one of the great investigative reporters that there is, ESPN senior writer, joins us right now to enlighten us a little bit. If you have not seen Don's story yet, uh, you should check it out. It is uh, He's got it tw- uh, posted on his Twitter at DVN Jr. and also on um on ESPN.com as well. Don, it's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. How you doing? Doing great, guys. How are you today? We're, we're great. And, Don, it was one of the first things I read this morning. Lay out for us what exactly transpired last Monday night between the time of the injury and the time when the game was officially uh, suspended slash postponed and what went into that decision. Well, we all watched, right, in horror as Damar Hamlin collapsed on the field at 8.55 p.m. Eastern time. And the first eight to ten minutes as CPR is being given to him, and it's a scary moment for the players circled around him and the coaches of, of what exactly is transpiring, ESPN went to four straight commercial breaks. There was almost no information given to the national audience at home. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman don't really know anything about what's happening until uh, there is information from the command center in New York that is from somebody there inside the command center. Troy Aikman is a top, uh, I'm sorry, Troy uh, uh, Vincent is a top executive in that command center. Someone there tells uh, John Perry, who is the official announcer in the booth, that the game is going to resume. This is after Hamlin is taken off the field in an ambulance. And we all watched, right, guys? We saw Joe Burrow warming up. Uh, we, saw, we saw the coaches looking as if they were getting ready to play. Uh, and, uh, and for several minutes there, everybody thought there's going to be more action. But what actually did occur is the coaches decided, got together, talked amongst themselves, the Bengals, Zach Taylor, and Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, on the sideline, literally with a hand covering their mouths as they're talking, the way a pitcher and a pitching coach do, and they decide to take the players off the field. That was done independent of New York, of the NFL executives there, as it turns out, Meanwhile, Joe Buck continues to tell the national audience that there's going to be a five-minute warm-up because that's the information they got from New York, and that information is never corrected by New York. So what my story does is, in a TikTok fashion, it lays out the fact that if it were not for the players and the coaches, if it were up to the NFL, there was going to continue to be more game played. But 
It was the coaches and the players who made that decision. It wasn't until 9.55, an hour after Hamlin's collapse, 45 minutes after he leaves the field in an ambulance, that they are huddled again. The coaches and Donna Ponte, an NFL representative, is speaking to the command center in New York, and it's the coaches who tell them, we're not playing anymore. And after that decision is made by the coaches and the players, the NFL says, okay, that's it. And Goodell says in a statement the next day it was his decision to postpone. And Troy Vincent, the executive vice president of football operations, says in a press conference later that night that this five-minute delay that Joe Buck kept talking about was nonsense. He doesn't know where it came from. So this whole story was created by Troy Vincent mid, a little bit after midnight that night, Hamlin in the hospital in critical condition, uncertain whether he's even going to make it. And Vincent says what ESPN reported repeatedly four separate times Joe Buck told the national audience that there was going to be more football didn't come from the NFL. And he kept saying it was complete nonsense. So on Tuesday morning, I started working on this story when I saw that statement to test the truth of it. And the story was posted last night, the result of that, that takes, I think, readers inside moment by moment what happened that night on the field. All right, so here is Troy Vincent. We have the soundbite from him last week. He is the executive VP of NFL Football Operations. Five minutes warm-up never, never, was, never crossed my mind personally. And I was uh, the one, I'm saying I, not to be selfish, but the one that was communicating with the commissioner. We never, frankly, it never crossed our mind that to talk about warming up to resume play. That's that's ridiculous. That's that's um, insensitive, and that's not a place that that we should ever be in. I think what really throws me, Don, is the comment that Joe Buck made, which is basically, if I had said something wrong, I would have been corrected in about twenty seconds, and and he would have been correcting it in about twenty seconds. So, what was most that's startling right. to you in all of this? Well, that, that's one of the things, is that Joe Buck said to me on the record, uh, if what I said on national TV with the eyes of the world watching was wrong in the view of the league, I would have been corrected immediately, and I was not. And four separate times in a span of 45 minutes, Joe Buck said the game was going to resume after a five-minute warm-up. The listeners have to understand that in the command center, they're hearing every word Joe Buck says and, and Troy Aikman. And if they make a mistake, if any broadcasters on a national game make a mistake, immediately they're corrected by people back in New York at the NFL Command Center. And not once was Joe Buck corrected. And I think the reason he wasn't corrected, guys, is very simple. is because it wasn't wrong. The league was hoping that they could get the players back on the field if they agreed they were in their locker rooms and continue this game. And so – there, there's no doubt in my mind that was the that was what they were anticipating to do. So for Troy Vincent and that sound that you just played to call it ridiculous, that raised an issue probably where there didn't need to be one here. If Troy Vincent had simply said, look, it was a chaotic situation, it was unprecedented, we'd never been in this position before, there was maybe a moment where under normal protocol and procedure – Players are warming up, but this was there was nothing normal about this. And if Troy Vincent had given the credit to the coaches, to the two head coaches and to the players who really made this decision without much input from the NFL, if anything, the NFL was going the other way, as my story reports, uh, where there was some subtle pressure that was felt by some people that I talked to, then this would never been a story. But 
But Troy Vincent doubled down on it on Wednesday. He had another press conference where he was near tears and yet again said there was no intent at all on the part of the NFL to resume play. And that's just not what the evidence shows. And, Don, and I want to say this because we've spent – the last week or so praising the NFL for canceling the game and putting the humanity of the players above the bottom line, which is not something that the NFL typically does. But in this instance, we had nearly an hour from when DeMar Hamlin was in cardiac arrest till they announced the cancellation of the game or suspension of the game. And I just want to know from you, was there any actual pushback from the league office towards Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor as far as trying to get the players back on the field and resume the game? Well, I quote an unnamed uh, official. Uh, Look, I I, I talked to about 20 people for this story, and I've got numerous sources. But one one source in particular connected to one of the teams uh, said that there was pressure, he believed, uh, applied on Dawn Aponte. Now, Dawn Aponte is not a name most football fans know. She's the NFL chief football administrator. She is the person with Troy Vincent in her ear on the field. And at 9.54 p.m., the ESPN broadcast shows Coach McDermott, Coach Taylor, referee Sean Smith, kind of in a semicircle outside the Bills locker room, and Dawn Aponte, the NFL chief football administrator is, 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 administrator, is passing her cell phone back and forth to Zach Taylor, to Sean McDermott. They're speaking to somebody in New York, very likely Troy Vincent, saying, we're not playing again. And, you know, I, I had a source say to me unequivocally that there appeared to be pressure being put on from New York uh, – on Donna Ponte, the quote is, she was getting pressure. She was not getting consistent and direct messaging that she deserved to receive. Uh, this source called it crazy nonsense, but added, man, she held it. She held it strong. And an official told me with one of the teams, the league did not cancel the game. The Bills and the Bengals canceled the game. Wow. Don, we appreciate a few minutes. It's, it is a I'll tell you, it is a fascinating situation that happened last week. And I think the one thing we're all thankful for is that eventually they got there and and the right thing happened. But it just gives you a little bit of insight into how much chaos really was around this situation and what the league was thinking about in the moment. There was, and and you're right. And that is the most important thing is that the right decision was made. I, I think that the NFL was brought to that correct decision uh, by some you know, heroic decision-making on the part of the coaches and the yeah. players. Look, in the, in the Bills locker room, there was a vote taken among the players of whether they wanted to play again. Why would they take a vote amongst themselves to play again uh, unless there's some expectation back in New York? And let's be fair to them. It's 700, 800 miles away, right? They're not on the ground uh, the way McDermott and Taylor were. But then you listen to them, right? If, if, if the messaging here is there's just – these players are in no shape to play based on what they just went through. And, and they got there. They got there after an hour, but it took an hour. And, and, uh, and I think a, a big reason for it is because the, the league is just set up when something like this happens in the past that they're going to play. They, they play again. And as horrific as this was, that, that was the expectation, uh, despite what Troy Vincent insisted twice last week. 
Don, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate- Don Van Atta Jr. Follow him on Twitter at DVNJR. And that's where you can find his story and on ESPN.com as well. That it does kind of lay out the clock as to how things transpired over that period of time. I don't believe for a second that there was anything nefarious behind it. I think there was confusion as to what to do, meaning, you know, they're just saying, damn it all to hell, get back out there and play. I I thought it was more, they don't really know how to handle this situation because something like this has not happened before, even though they had written it into their rules as to how to handle it. I hear what you're saying, but according to Don and his reporting, there was pressure from the league office for the players to come out of the locker rooms and get back on the field. That's a problem, Carlin, especially when it's coming from the number two man at the league office. But let me ask you this. Is and it, Don Aponte has to be the voice of reason for yeah. the NFL is as it, their representative in that situation. That's a sad state of affairs for the league, Carlin. But is it pressure placed because it's, damn it all, we're playing? Or is it pressure placed because they don't really know how to handle it, so just get back out there and play? Like that to me, there is a different. In- either either way, you're not seeing the personhood of the players. I, I we agree. saw the images of their faces reacting to what they saw in Demar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest. I I agree. And, and Danny Kellington performing CPR on him, and for the AED have to be used in that situation. We had never seen anything on the field in my lifetime like that. Yep. So seeing the players in that state should have been enough. For anybody on on Park Avenue or anybody that's in the decision-making chain to say, you know what, we can't play football. And the fact that after the players decided to go into the locker room from the direction of Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, you wanted to then bring them out of the locker room and resume play, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's egregious. Of course it is. Uh, So when you say there's nothing nefarious about it, Carlos, I I can't agree with that. Uh, I, I think this is a situation where we have to walk back some of the things that we were saying about the league office because we were saying they prioritize the players over money, and that doesn't happen often. But But that turns out not to be the case. But, Chris, the intent, I don't think the intent was screw it all, we are playing no matter what. I think the intent was we don't really know what we should do here. We should probably just get back out there and play. Carlin, the man was in cardiac arrest. That means his heart stopped. Chris, he, I'm he not defending not have, the no, decision no, or no. fighting it. I'm saying that in the moment that we actually saw, like for me, the moment when I thought they can't play again was when I saw Josh Allen's face. Because that was a man who could not believe what was going on and was just shaken to the core. Like that was, that, and what I mean by that is like that was the most visual part of the moment. Well, well, that's the most visual part that we had. That we saw. But that's not the information that the NFL had. They're no. getting live updates about the status of DeMar Hamlin yeah. and what the EMTs are going to have to do and having to have the ambulance on the field and going the route to the Trauma One Center. Like They, they have all of that information in real time. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't take them that long to come to that decision. And once you know that DeMar Hamlin's in cardiac arrest – they knew that before he left the stadium in the ambulance to go to the hospital in Cincinnati. Okay, so it, it shouldn't take that long for them to make the decision that we're not resuming the game. Okay. By this point, you're talking about the players being in the locker room and asking them to come out after you have that information. I can't give them the benefit of the doubt in okay. terms of not knowing I, what to do. I would not, Your humanity should tell you what to do. I would not say I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. 
I would say I'm trying to figure out exactly how it happened. Do you, what do you think the intent was behind it when they're saying to go back out and play? Well, the NFL's M.O. is to move the drill up five yards or move the game up five yards and, and keep playing football and not have any regard for the health and welfare of the player that can no longer compete. That's what we're trained to do in practice. That's what we see in games. That's what the NFL does. That's what happened with Dennis Bird with the Jets once upon a time, before I was born or right, right after I was Listen, this is what the NFL does. And in this instance, it felt like because it was so unprecedented, because we saw the players react, maybe the NFL would move closer to a position of seeing the humanity of the men that make this game. They should have. They should they have. absolutely and should have. And based on the reporting from Don Vanata Jr., they didn't. Donna Ponte, God bless her, she understood the situation. And maybe that's because she was closer to it and she had an opportunity to look into the eyes of the people that were affected directly by it. Okay. I, I just don't understand when your people on the ground the, the, the extension of Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell, which is Don Aponte in this situation, and the head coaches in this situation, and quite frankly, the referee in this situation, when they're all telling you we shouldn't resume the game and you're applying pressure for the players to get back out there, that's a damn problem. It's a problem, yes. What I'm saying simply is this, Chris. I don't believe for a, I don't believe that when they were doing that, they're sitting there and saying, no, no matter what happens, we're playing football. Screw this. But that's what no you're saying. But how are you not saying that? How, how is that not the NFL because saying I think that there, I think from the players is, going back I think, out there? I think, Chris, there is an intent behind it of we don't know what the hell to do right now and what is our default thing. And I'm to be clear, not saying this is right. I, I We don't know what to do. Just let's get back out there and play. And try to move on from the ball. It's l- so wrong. A man's life was in the balance. I agree. I'm what not, do you but, mean you don't know what to do? I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. But I I have trouble believing. And maybe I'm naive about it. Well, maybe that's because you weren't in it. I've, yeah. se- I've seen it up close to person. Yeah. I know Chris, what I, they do. I know how they think. Chris. It's not a surprise in no to way me, is it the right this move. reporting from Don Venata. It's, it, in no way is it the right move to go back out there and play that game. I'm simply trying to say that the reason behind it, I have trouble saying they're saying, Goodell is standing there saying, bah, we're playing no matter what. Doesn't matter what happened. We're playing no matter what. I don't know that that was the case. But I, I will say there is no question that they could not play another down of football, and it was absurd that it took as long as it did for them to finally come to that conclusion. And and for me, I'm glad that Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor absolutely did the right thing. Damn everybody else. They they protected their players when the NFL wouldn't. Here was the and best, that speaks volumes to the character of those two men. The best moment of that whole thing speaks about McDermott when he says, I have to go be with DeMar. That was it. That's all he said to Zach Taylor. I have to go be with Tamar. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What was your take on Don Van Atta right there and how that unfolded last week? It's Canty and Carlin. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. And also, if Sean McVay does step away, who should be the Rams' next coach? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? A lot of you want to chime in on this discussion about that whole, whole timeline that was laid out by Don Van Atta and his article today on ESPN.com. If you haven't seen it, this is the timeline of last Monday night between when DeMar Hamlin uh, had to be um, administered CPR and when the league actually uh, announced that the league, the game was going to be postponed. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. It's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, let's get to some of these, Canty, as they're checking in. First of all, Yogi in Chicago is up first on ESPN guys, Radio. Yogi, what's up? Hi, right, guys. I appreciate you taking my call. As I sat here and listened and I thought about this, it is unprecedented. And there is a enormous chain of command from Goodell down. When you watch football, everybody has an earpiece. Everybody has a headpiece from, from the staff down. So the thing that I'd like to know is, for one, his article didn't ever unequivocally prove that Troy Vincent or Goodell made the, the call to play. Secondly, it's like in combat. I was a tier 2 operator. If one of my brothers got shot, we react. It was an SOP. We follow the SOP. We know what to do. This situation here, maybe there wasn't an SOP. But what I would like to see, give me a timeline, give me a breakdown from the time uh, DeMar Hamlin hit the turf until the time DeMar Hamlin got to the hospital. Give me the breakdown of the minutes of who saved this man's life. What steps were taken to save his life? Give me an article about what the league is doing to now learn more about what happened, how we can prevent it. And moving forward, how do we improve? Instead of pointing fingers about what happened in a five-minute game's going to restart, let's educate ourselves. Let's move forward, and let's do the best we can because something is always unprecedented, unprecedented until it happens. Okay, well, Yogi, first of so all, that, respectfully, let's not compare it between war 
and this. Yes. Yeah, it's two different things completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're number, not used to seeing no. competitors die in the field of play. Uh, no. And have to be resuscitated. And secondly, I, I think your point is fair about let's see where those uh, all the positives of this are are coming from. But, I, I think, but we've outlined all of those over the past yeah, week, though, Carla. We've we have. talked about Denny Kellington and how all of the athletic trainers and the medical staff from the Bills were honored before the game against the Patriots this past Sunday. We've talked about the NFL making sure that all athletic trainers and medical personnel are well-versed in the latest techniques in case something like this happens with CPR and making sure the AED is near the field. We've talked about that. We've talked about making sure you have the route mapped from the stadium to the level one trauma center in every NFL city. We've talked about all of those things. Now, as far as why DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest, the doctors are still uncertain about where we're at with that. More research needs to be done on that front. But when you have Troy Vincent, the number two guy at the league office, come out and make a definitive statement about them not entertaining the possibility that they would resume play on Monday night after the players just went through that traumatic experience, and then we get reporting from Don Vanatta Jr., who is one of the most seasoned and well-connected reporters we have at this company. When he comes out with this report that is to the contrary of the statements made by Troy Vincent, then we have some serious questions that have to be answered by the league office, Carlin, and that's what we're doing right now. So respectfully, hear where you're coming from, but that doesn't pass the smell test with me because when the NFL wants to grandstand about prioritizing the humanity of the players over the bottom line, and it turns out, in fact, that they didn't do that, and it took Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor stepping in and saying, we're not doing this, it's disappointing as a former player. Jimmy in Iowa, up next on ESPN Radio. Jimmy, what do you got? Yeah, I think you guys are both hitting it perfectly on the head, even though you completely disagree on on the intent. I mean, I'm going to attribute idiocy when, you know, I'm not going to immediately attribute malice when idiocy will work. I totally agree. I don't think that they knew or they knew what was going on. But when you have so many different things going on at one time, being able to think critically just does not come for some people. But then to come out, after this report is, is, you know, been presented on your show, and in my opinion, not make a statement, but to have the number two guy come up there and lie about it. Yeah, that's I, garbage. I, just, I don't, I I mean, don't understand how, look, you know, if, after the fact you can't say, hey, I'm glad that's what they did. And I think the NFL would get a pat on the back if you said, hey, we messed up. We're glad that the coaches understood better than we did because apparently they must not watch their own games or they would understand. Well, Jimmy, here's, look here's the, the thing, though. Faces. Jimmy, here's the thing with, with that situation. First of all, if he was lying about it, obviously it was ridiculously out of pocket on the part of Troy Vincent. Number two, don't believe for a second that somebody like Joe Buck is on the air saying something like that and A, doesn't know whether or not it's true, mm-hmm. and B, continues to say it because he's not wrong when he says, as Don laid out, everybody in the operations center is listening to what Joe is saying, and if there is something wrong in that moment, they are going to correct him, and he is going to correct it within 20 seconds. That is not going to take long, and he kept saying it as it went on. The one thing I would say is here, if you're the league, if I want to get on you about one thing, you've been prepared 
the route, all that other stuff, having everything in place and all that, I, I would say you should also be prepared how to handle it in the moment of moving forward. Yes. You should always, you should always whatever your standard operating procedure was there, you need to have an SOP in that force majeure, as you have put it, yeah. of, no, we're stopping the game because we are first and foremost concerned about everybody else. That also needs to be a part of the preparation. No question about it, Carlin, but here's the other part to this. According to Don Van Natta's reporting, it's a situation where DeMar Hamlin, 15 minutes after he got hit, DeMarie Smith, the head of the NFLPA, was on the phone with Roger Goodell saying that he believed the game needed to be postponed. This is 15 minutes after he got hit. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the announcement to suspend the game until an hour after DeMar Hamlet sustained that hit from T. Higgins. What the hell took so long? It, the head of the union for the players is saying that he didn't think the players should be asked to go back out there. Now, he's talking directly to Roger Goodell. There is no whole chain of command. At all. He's speaking directly to Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell can communicate to whoever he needs to communicate, whether that's Don Aponte or the head coaches at the stadium. He can communicate to whoever he wants in that moment that this is what we want to do based on the severity of the situation. So when it comes to things being lost in communication because the chain of command, that's where that argument to me falls apart. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, we continue with more of your calls because there's a lot of you chiming in on this. And as we told you earlier, if Sean McVay steps aside, who is taking over and who is the right guy to take over? That's next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Lamore on Don Van Atta's story and his appearance on the show just a little bit ago in relation to the timeline from last Monday night when DeMar Hamlin was injured and when and who ultimately decided that that game was not going to be played. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. How about Matt in Indianapolis up next on ESPN Radio? Matt, what do you got for us today? Hey, thanks, fellas. Um, 
So I, I think, like, general fans, myself included, were kind of generally desensitized when players get injured. So it was really cool to see, like, the genuine care and everything and the concern for Jamar. But it was it was crazy to see the NFL, uh, for once, put a player first. Um, so to hear this a week later, it's not surprising that that's what they wanted to do. But you're just never going to convince me uh, that they're not – money isn't their first priority. Um, yeah, that's my piece. Thanks, folks. Well, of course money is their first priority. It's always going to be gonna their t- first priority. We're going to debate here's, here's the thing, Carlin. Even in an instance like this, money is their first priority. Yeah. Because they have to be seen as giving a damn about the men that make this game. The entertainment product is, in effect, the employees, the actual players on the field. And they have to be seen as caring about the players, given all the negative publicity that they've received over the past decade or so with the concussion lawsuit and – players having to deal with the realities of CTE, et cetera, et cetera. The NFL has to show some degree of care. Even this season, Carlin, with how they handled concussions with Tua yeah, and how that was on the nightly news for ABC and all the other networks uh, after what happened in the Cincinnati Bengals game when he was fencing on the field. So I think the NFL in this instance had to be seen showing some degree of care for the players. That was just sound business on top of being good humans. Joe, Pittsburgh, up next, ESPN Radio. Joe, what do you think? Hey, what's going on, guys? I feel that there's an aspect missing. From the time they canceled the game, they're not, let me rephrase, they're not going to cancel that game until that paramedic is well on their way to the hospital. It would create a traffic nightmare if the NFL says this game's canceled and the people see that the crews are clearing the field, and they're going to jam up that that guy's got to be well on his way. And it was only 25 minutes from the time that the paramedics left to the time they canceled the game. I think I think that's a key part of it, too. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to yeah. do with traffic. Yeah, no, I don't think it had any bearing in, on in that no way, all. no offense, Joe. No. I, I, I understand what you're trying to say. The league would have no problem getting the ambulances and everything through all of the traffic. Well, they do that all the time with the yes. players when we're arriving to the stadium. They have you know, police the visit, escorts. It's a police escort yeah. from the hotel to the stadium. That, that, yeah. was, that was not part of it at all. Quickly, no. Ben in South Carolina next. Ben on ESPN Radio. Hey, Chris. I uh, just wanted to bring up last year in the – or 2021, two years ago, in the Euro 2020, there was a Denmark player that fell on the field. Erickson, yeah. From a cardiac arrest. And they temporarily suspended the game. But the players on both sides decided they wanted to play again. So, you know, I think the NFL, it, it sounds like they deferred to the players. Maybe not. But in terms of uh, the NFL, it's a brutal sport. I've heard y'all talk about we do idolize these players. And after years of seeing Vontez Burfick and uh, Harrison knock out players, you know, I, I totally thought we would resume playing the game. Yeah, listen, I, I – in that moment, I, I thought, like I said, from what we were seeing and what we knew, the first time we knew it was bad in the moment, but when you start to see some of the faces of the players that are right there in it and understanding the level to which it's happening, there was no question that they could not play that game again. Yeah, that game wasn't going to be resumed. And I, I got to give credit to Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott. Because those guys are heroes, too, for protecting the rest of their players, right? Yeah. To make sure that those guys weren't going to go out there and put themselves in harm's way 
after going through such a traumatic event. And, Carlin, some of the reports out there are absolutely gruesome in terms of what the players saw happening with DeMar Hamlin, one of their fallen brethren on the field. I just – I couldn't imagine putting guys in that situation where you're asking them to go back out there and play after they're seeing one of their teammates, one of their brothers, face their own mortality because of the risk associated with playing this game. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. One thing that we were talking about quite a bit yesterday is Sean McVay and what happens with the Rams if, in fact, he does step aside. Now, in talking to people, I have heard that uh, there are a lot of different things that could happen here, but there seems to be a consensus on one thing, and that is if Sean McVay steps aside or takes a leave of absence or whatever he does, Raheem Morris is likely to be the next head coach of the Rams. Here's a question, though. Should Raheem Morris, their de- their defensive coordinator, be that guy? Carlin, I don't know that he should. I-, I mean, here's the thing. We get into the conversation about equitable opportunities for minority head coaches in comparison to their white counterparts, and this is not a good job. I mean, this is a team that's going into a rebuild with not a lot of resources in order to reshape the talent level on this squad. I-, I-, I don't know that this is going to be a good job when you consider Sean McVay walking away. Is Matt Stafford walking away? Is Aaron Donald walking away? What does Les Need decide to do with Jalen Ramsey if those other three dominoes fall? I- 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 you don't have a first-round draft pick because of the Matt Stafford trade. I, I don't know, Carlin. You don't have any cap space to speak of. This is not a good job. But so why would we parachute Raheem Morris into this situation as a placeholder until the franchise stinks enough to get a high enough draft pick to recover um, some cap space because they're moving well, on from guys before Sean McVay comes back? Well, here's what they have to be careful of, okay? If Sean McVay is just taking an extended leave of absence, that's one thing. If Sean McVay leaves and Raheem Morris gets the job, he gets the job with the understanding that we're not winning a damn thing next year and probably the year after. You have to give that guy a legitimate but chance. When, it, but when have we seen NFL I agree. teams give black head coaches I, that benefit of the doubt? I agree. And what's going on in Houston is atrocious. Yeah. I don't think that would happen with Stan Kroenke and the Rams. I don't think that would happen well, with the Rams. Well, Just considering what the reputation of Morris is in that in that building. Well, well, we say that, Carlin, but if Sean McVay comes back after two years, that's going to be his job. And yeah. Raheem Morris is going to have to wear the stink of having losing seasons that the Rams have coming to him. 